Good morning to you all, whether you're here today in our church building or watching at home. Today is a day of celebration, the day we remember when the Holy Spirit was poured out on those first disciples. Today is Pentecost, and all over the world, people are worshipping God, who pours out his Spirit on everyone. Now, I grew up going to a Pentecostal church, and what was then known as Whit Weekend was a mega time for the church. And there was a long conference, Saturday, Sunday, and what used to be the bank holiday, Monday then. And we used to have hours and hours of preaching, at least two sermons for every meeting, and endless singing, which I really enjoyed. Everybody dressed up in their best finery and came from all over the region for this big celebration. Do you know what? The part I remember best as a little girl and which I really enjoyed was the fantastic afternoon tea on the Monday. And I always had this huge dilemma. Did I go because they had bought cakes and we didn't do bought cakes back in those days. Did I go for the cream horn or did I go for the pineapple cream? And on a good day, I could get both. <laughs> However, much of the rest of the significance of Pentecost passed me by. But my prayer today for all of us is that the wonder of the amazing gift of the Holy Spirit living within us won't pass us by. Let us pray. Lord, we know that you are already here. You are everywhere by your Spirit. Wherever we are, Lord, open our hearts to receive from you this day. We are sorry for the ways we have neglected you over the last week and ask forgiveness for those times when we have done wrong by accident or design. Thank you that we can rest assured in that if we confess our sins, you will forgive us. In Jesus' name, Amen. And so on this day of celebration, let us declare together our faith as we say the words of the Creed, we believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 17 and this is from the NIV Bible. When the day of Pentecost came they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. 
Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Liberia near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and he addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Great. Good morning, everyone. That was a great reading from Cheryl. I did send her an email. I said, I apologise for all the difficult place names that you've got to say. She told me that she went on the internet to learn how to pronounce them properly. So that's a good lesson when we get to read the Bible, isn't it? Do some homework before we do it. So great thanks to Cheryl for that. So like Kathy said, today we celebrate the coming of the Holy Spirit, which happened in a crowded Jerusalem at the Jewish festival of Pentecost. Pentecost was a festival when they celebrated the first harvest, the first kind of reaping of the crops. It was seven weeks or 50 days after Passover. And we know that Jesus died at Passover. We call it Easter. And Cheryl read the first part of Acts chapter 2, describing how the Holy Spirit came and how the prophet Joel prophesied that this would happen. Let me encourage you to read the rest of the chapter where Peter explains that Jesus is the one foretold in the Old Testament and one sent by the Father, who is both Lord and Christ. And Pentecost is often seen as the day that the church was born. Now, before Jesus was crucified, he told his disciples several times that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And I want to look at a couple of these references, hopefully to encourage us and help us this morning. So the first one is in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. And it says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now Jesus says these words at the Feast of Tabernacles, 
Now this occurred in autumn time and this was like their harvest festival when they celebrated all the crops that had grown through the summer months. And it's also when they remembered how God provided for the, them when they came out of Egypt and they were 40 years in the wilderness and he provided food for them every day. It's the third big Jewish festival if you're interested, so I've managed to mention Passover, Pentecost and Tabernacles. And these were the three times when Jews were meant to gather together in Jerusalem. And Jesus says these words, I say, at the, at the Feast of Tabernacles. Let me ask you, have you ever been really thirsty? I don't just mean wanting a cup of tea or something after you've been out dig digging in the garden, but really, really thirsty. Okay? When I was a lad, I used to play football regularly on the village green. I didn't live in a village, I lived in the estate that was next to the village. But we used to go down onto the village green to play football. And we played for a couple of hours and we never took water. I don't know why, it never occurred to us basically to do that. But afterwards, when it was over, I was desperately, desperately thirsty. And I'd run home, go in the kitchen, let the cold tap run. And if my mum wasn't there, stick my head under the tap. And if my mum was there, I had to use a glass. Why are mums always like that, you know? I don't know. It was so satisfying. It was brilliant. There was nothing but that cold, fresh water to satisfy my thirst. So back to our passage. See, as part of the Feast of Tabernacles, every day they would pour water onto the altar. It was a festival of great celebration, dancing, singing, great joy. Every day they were offering to God something that was far more precious than gold upon which their crops, their animals, their very life depended, water. And it's in this context, at the end of the feast, that Jesus stands up and says these words. I'll read them again. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit. So how thirsty are we? How dry are our souls this morning? How desperate are we to come to Jesus to find satisfaction? You know our problem? You know my problem? I am thirsty. I long to be loved, to be accepted, to be valued, to matter to someone, to be noticed, to be safe, to be secure, all these different things, to have inner peace. But I look elsewhere to be satisfied. And I'm not the only one. Hear what God said through Jeremiah 2,500 years ago, roughly. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. It's like me coming home from my football on the village green, ignoring the tap, and looking elsewhere to get some water. Maybe getting a spade and going to try and dig a well in the garden. My dad would have loved that. But you see, there's so much on offer today. So many ways to try and quench our thirst. Uh, recently we had a discussion on the Nexus group. Nexus are the 20 to 30 year olds, roughly. Doesn't include me and Kathy, we're a little bit older than that. Uh, we have a monthly discussion, and a while ago we discussed idols. 
those things that we go to instead of God. And we listed things like money, success, relationships, power, health, holidays and leisure, religion, ourselves, heroes. There's lots of them. None of those things are necessarily wrong in themselves. But if we think that they can do for us the things that only God can do, then we're in trouble. If we think they can satisfy our deep longings, then we're looking in the wrong place. But these verses in John 7 contain a tremendous promise, a great promise for those who recognise their need. Those who come to Jesus and believe in him, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God himself, in the person of his Spirit, dwelling in our lives. It's mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. But I want to be honest, and I want to be realistic. Knowing Jesus, receiving his Spirit, does not solve all of our problems. It doesn't necessarily make life easier, or even answer some of the tough questions that we have. Christians, as I observe, are no more healthy, no more rich, no more successful than anyone else. We still get ill, we still lose our jobs, we still struggle in relationships, lots of different things. And let's admit it, sometimes Christians can be a pain and harder to get on with actually than non-Christians. But what I've discovered is I, what I do have as a result of knowing Jesus or ha and having his spirit. And I, I give some thought to this. What can I, with integrity, say that this, having the Holy Spirit has done for me? I think it's given me things like perspective. I don't have to sweat the small stuff. It's not the end of the world when the Sainsbury's delivery is an hour late. Or, as happened to me yesterday, my computer won't work properly. I think it's given me contentment with who I am and what I have. I think it has given me inner peace and hope. When this expression came to me, a deep sense of okayness. I'm okay as a person. God loves, accepts and values me. And no matter what happens, including the pandemic, things are going to be okay because God is in control and can be trusted. The second time Jesus talks about sending the Holy Spirit is in John 14. Let me just read that to you. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. He lives with you and will be in you, says Jesus. And the Spirit brings so much into our lives. He's primarily, he's the seal that we belong to God's family. It's because of the Holy Spirit we can say our Father when we pray the prayer later in the service. He's the one who changes us from within and grows the fruit of a godly character in our lives. He's the one who gives and develops our gifts. He's the one who helps us understand the Bible and pray. He's the one working in the lives of not yet Christians to bring them to faith. And everyone, everyone who acknowledges their thirst, who comes to Jesus in faith, will receive the Holy Spirit. When a person decides to become a Christian, the Holy Spirit enters their life. And if you're not sure, and you've taken that step, then ask someone you know to pray with you. 
It's the biggest and best decision you'll ever make to receive Jesus in that way. And for the rest of us who've already made that choice, let's continue to come to the source of life, asking to be continually filled and satisfied. So as I come to the end, back to me and my football analogy. See, rushing in and drinking from the tap, I think, is a little bit like first coming to Jesus to have our thirst satisfied, and it's wonderful. But what I should have learned is to get a water bottle to carry with me. So whenever I was thirsty, after I'd scored my first hat-trick, you know, I could go and get a quick drink and carry on. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Isn't it nice to have someone, so hard, you know, to preach and see, see very little facial expression. Well, thanks for laughing. I won't name who it is in case it's something. You can work it out if you know the church. But you see, now as a Christian, I do carry the water, if you like. I do carry the spirit around, and he's always available. I can take a drink whenever I need it. And when it's empty, I can go back to the source to top it up again. I don't need to be so desperately thirsty again. See, God provides what we need for life. His spirit, like water, and the Bible, his word, like bread. So let me encourage you to drink and eat regularly. Get your bread and water regularly in the spiritual sense. So today we remember and we rejoice because of Pentecost. God fulfilling his promise to send one to walk alongside us, to never leave us, to confirm we're adopted into his family. So may we all enjoy and experience Jesus' presence in our daily lives through the Spirit living in us. Let's pray. Let's start by praising God for all the good things he has lavished on us. We praise you, Holy God, for the opportunity again to meet in our church building today to praise and worship you here. We praise and thank you for the technology that enables those not able to be here to share in our act of worship at home. And we pray that you'll continue to bind us together as a congregation, as your church here in Surrey Park, so we may continue to serve you in whatever way you have called us. Praise you, Lord, yesterday for the opportunity of the plant sale to meet up again with many who we've not seen for such a long time and to have normal conversations. Thank you, Lord, for uh, the normality of being able to do something together for the benefit of the Amani children. Thank you, Lord, over after so many days of wet and miserable weather for those few hours of dry weather which enabled the sale to go ahead successfully. Thank you, Lord, that you've got so much more for us and that we can look forward at last to having a new vicar to lead us. Prepare us for Ben's ministry and prepare Ben and Jess for us, that Ben's time here will be Jesus-centred, fruitful, and that Ben will lead in the ways you have prepared for us. On this Pentecost Sunday, we praise you that however different we are, wherever we live, whatever language we speak, we are all united by your Holy Spirit with all other Christians. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all your people so that your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, 
and your old men will dream dreams so that despite our weakness, your kingdom will come and your will will be done on earth as in heaven. Amen. Let's pray for our world. Thank you, Father, there's a ceasefire in the Middle East between the Israelis and Palestinians and that some aid is getting through. But, Father, this conflict has been going on for so long and both sides appear more and more entrenched in their hardline views. We pray for new, strong leaders on both sides, leaders who have hearts to compromise, so that somehow these two long-standing enemies might learn to live side by side in peace. We cry out, Lord, for your mercy on India, where COVID is devastating families and overwhelming the medical services available. Lord, I don't know what to ask you for, apart from mercy. But we do pray that enough vaccines will be available and will be taken up, and that those with knowledge and expertise will be listened to by the people and the politicians. Lord, hear our prayer for India and for other countries in a similar plight. We pray, Lord, for countries in political turmoil, remembering especially Myanmar, which doesn't seem to be headline news at present, although dissent against the military coup continues. Lord, we pray for the safety of protesters and for soldiers to show mercy. Lord, democracy may not be perfect, but we do pray that Myanmar may soon return to a democratic peace. In this world where the climate is changing, there are already many victims. We bring before you, Lord, the people of Madagascar who are suffering drought and famine, with aid being prevented from being sent there by their politicians who have closed borders in fear of COVID. Lord, we pray for the suffering people and again ask for local leaders who are able to devise ways of relieving suffering. And we pray that the industrial country leaders who will be meeting next week in Cornwall will find a way to be more urgent in their efforts to alleviate the effects of climate change, especially on the poorest nations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Amen. And lastly, we pray for those known to us who are sick in body, mind or spirit or who are otherwise in fearful and desperate situations or are bereaved. Let's pray for these and for any others in our church family struggling at the moment. Holy God, whose plans are beyond our understanding, we pray for your healing hand on all these. Bless and restore them, Lord, and all who care for them. May they know you are always with them, even during those times when they may not feel you near. Shall we end saying together the prayer Jesus taught us? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.
So let us finish with a prayer that I've adapted a bit, but which basically will be said throughout the world on this special day. Almighty God, on this day you opened the way of eternal life to every race and nation by the promised gift of your Holy Spirit. Shed abroad this gift throughout the world by the preaching of the gospel, that it may reach to the ends of the earth. And help each of us to know how we and our church can play a part in this mission. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns forever with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. So that ends the formal part of our service. May God bless each of you. Amen.